Uh, if you've been here this week, we're living over here in the age of grace. That's uh, you and I are living in the church age. And after the church age, we have the rapture of the church. The Holy Spirit of God uh, moves and uh, the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, steps out on the clouds of glory with the last trump of God is going to sound. Thank you, Jay. Yes, sir. And uh, thank God the Christians are out of here. That's the rapture. Amen. We're gone. Thank God we're not left on earth. The ones left on earth are the sinners. The ones that preach what makes a sinner. A sinner is simply someone who rejects the Lord Jesus Christ. So we find that there is a period of time that's unknown here, at least it is to me, and the Scripture, and then the, the rise of the Antichrist. We find, but here in this space where the church is taken out of here, the Holy Spirit is uh, uh, moved out of the way, so to speak, according to 2 Thessalonians, and we've tried to be able to cover that and back all of that up with Scripture. If you've been here, do you agree with me? Yeah. All right. So there's going to be lawlessness on the land. There is, I mean, you think it's wicked now, it's going to be more wicked then. You think drugs are bad now, you ain't seen nothing. Thank God I'm not going to be here for that. Then the rise of the Antichrist. He rises up. He steps up. Uh, he comes uh, uh, symbolizing someone that is coming in the name of peace, but it's false peace. It's not long through this uh, through this uh, seven year period, which is two periods of forty two months, three and a half years, and three and a half years. Two periods of twelve hundred and sixty days. He makes a covenant with Israel, and he is able to group all of these nations together underneath of this peace treaty, if you will. And according to the scripture, Daniel 9 and 27 teaches us that in the middle of the week, in the midst of the week, the uh, Israel at that time, they're in the new temple. At that time, they are offering sacrifices. Then the abomination of desolation. What is that preacher? This Gentile Antichrist. He comes in and he stops the Israelites. He stops the Jews from offering up sacrifices. You say, preacher, it's 2021. Cannot imagine that they're going to offer sacrifices. Well, if you think Peter gets upset whenever the circus comes to town, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. So we find that for a period after this happens, we find that the last three and a half years turns into utter chaos. We find that it's absolute uh, torment. We find that Israel, that the people of Israel, they flee for Petra, they flee for the mountains, and they hide there. And we uh, testified the other night about uh, Pastor Ralph Sexton and his church down in Asheville, North Carolina. They go over at least once a year. They take King James Bibles, and they hide them in the mountains there in Petra. Why would they do that, preacher? So that the Jews at that time, when they flee to the mountains, can get... Now listen... The Jew, the Israelite, does not have a King James Bible. Now maybe they do, but they're not using that. They have the Torah, which is the, the books of the law, the books of history, the books of poetry, which makes up the Old Testament scripture. So at that time, they have the ability when they're in the mountains to be able to pull out the word of God and that they may be able to see what's going to happen next. Then at this time... We see that the war breaks loose. We'll give you some scripture to support this here in just a minute. 
And we find that here on earth that there is uh, a war there in the valley of Jezreel, which is also known as the valley of uh, Armageddon, which is also known as the valley of Megan, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And we find that here in heaven is the marriage and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who's getting married, preacher? The Lord Jesus Christ is getting married to the bride of Christ. That's the church. That's you and I. You say, preacher, don't you call me a woman? I ain't calling you a woman. The Word calls you a woman. And if the Word calls you a woman, I'm going to back behind the Word. Amen. Y'all don't get upset with the preacher. I, don't, I didn't write it. I just recited it. Amen. Uh, we find the second coming. Uh, here happens after the marriage of the Lamb. What's the second coming? That's when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. That is His second coming. His first coming, He came over here, born of a virgin. The rapture is not His second coming because He only comes to the clouds. He does not come to the earth. Over here He comes Somebody tell me, brother, is Brother Jason up here? No, All right, Brother Jason testified about a Sunday morning. Somebody tell me what the Lord Jesus comes back on. White horse. White horse. No cloud in rapture. White horse. Amen. You say, preacher, why is that important? I'll show you here, Lord, well, in a little bit. Thank God I love. Uh, amen. Well, I'll move on. The sheep. We find here what happens next is we find the sheep and the, uh, the goat judgment. We find that there's a period of time right here that I did not illustrate that I'm hoping to be able to bring out on the other side of the board. There's a period of for 1,000 years. The devil is bound. And he's locked in prison. And he's not able to torment those that are on the earth. Who's on the earth, preacher? Well, the bride that came back with the Lord. The Jews that are alive are still on the earth. The Gentiles are on the earth, but there's a whole lot of torment going on during that time. We find the sheep and the, the goat judgment. Then after that, we find the great white throne judgment. This is where the sinner is judged. The Christian was judged back here according to the scripture, but the sinner is not judged until up here. And whenever that they are judged, that the Bible teaches that hell and death are cast into the lake of fire because their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Here in Revelation chapter 20, we find the new heaven and the new earth is given. And we find in chapter, also in chapter 20 and verse 21, the presentation of the bride. Well, uh, what do you mean? Well, do you know tonight that uh, the Eastern weddings are different than the western weddings. Let me explain what I mean by that. Here in the Americas, we are considered the western world, if you will. Over in the, uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia, and that side of the world is called the eastern uh, part of the world, or the Middle East. Uh, here in this part of the country, or this part of the world, whenever there is a wedding, there's an enormous amount of attention put on the bride. Dress has got to be perfect. Now, y'all can look at me like, well, you, any way you want to. But you know as well as I do, some of them ladies will pay thousands of dollars for the dress. Then it's all about the flowers, 
All about the candles. All about, am I, hey, am I, am I, Sean, you just wait, buddy, till you get married. Sean, I hear I'm talking him out of getting married already. Oh, what are you saying, preacher? All I'm simply saying tonight is on the, the western side of the world, we put so much focus in the bride. But in the eastern side of the world, the focus is on the groom. Now, men, don't be moving to the Middle East, okay? But you understand tonight, uh, we find, according to the Scripture, Jesus spoke in uh, Luke or in John chapter 10, I'm sorry, John chapter 14, and he said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, there ye may be also. Y'all know that verse. Well, preacher, why are, you, why are you telling us this? I'm going to try to scoot through this so you just pay close attention. Uh, on the, the Western world, uh, the, husband, the man ought to go to the father and ask permission to marry. We don't always do that. But that used to be a custom. In the Eastern world, the father chooses the groom, I'm sorry, chooses the bride for the groom. Preacher, why are you telling us this? Jesus said, I, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, uh, he said I go away to prepare a place for you. There is a period of espousement. There is a period of engagement. That that groom and that bride, they are espoused, they are courting, and they are making their commitment to one another. Then the groom goes away and prepares a place for the time that they are wedded uh, that he may be able to take her unto that place. Well, preacher, why are you telling us this? I want you to know that when Jesus left out here, he didn't leave for good. Right now, he's just building us a place. He's preparing us a place. And one day soon and very soon, the groom is coming back to get the bride. Remember the scripture teaches about the ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. Five had oil in their lamp, that was the wise. Five had no oil in their lamp. But when the bridegroom comes, nobody knows, nobody knows when the when the groom's coming. The groom came, and it was about the midnight hour, and the uh, the ten virgins heard the call of the groom. The bridegroom coming. The announcement was going out. The five that had no oil in their lamp, they were nervous. They told the five that had oil, "Give us some of your oil." And the five that had it said, we can't give it to you. Amen. So the five that didn't have it, at that time, they went to buy for themselves oil, but it was too late. Amen. So when he comes, it's too late for you to get ready then. I mean, you, either you is or you ain't, so let's just quit playing games about it. You call it anything you want to call it. Either you is or you ain't. The bridegroom came in that scripture and he went into the house and the five virgins that had their oil in their lamp. That oil represents the Holy Spirit of God. And if you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. And they went in with him 
but the door shut that no man can open. Then all of a sudden, right now they're looking at the door on the outside. All of a sudden, there was a knock at the door. It was the five foolish virgins who were not wise, who waited too late. They went to get old, and they came back, and they called out, open up, open up. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? Church, it's real. Amen. Okay? And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and beg you. I'm not going to sit here and try to uh, sell you a bag of goods. All I'm doing, the Word of God is the final authority, and that's all I've got to go on. And I've got to believe it and accept it by faith Amen. in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what we're going to do. We covered that. We covered that. If we can, again, Lord, I've only got about 20 minutes left. You pray for the preacher. And I ain't even got into where we're going. So we've already covered uh, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, we've covered the first seal that was opened, and it was the rise of the Antichrist. He came on a white horse carrying a bow but had no arrows, and a crown was given unto him. He went forth conquering and to conquer. We find in verse 3, we find that after the white horse, and by the way, that is a false peace. We find you cannot have peace without the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We find that after the white horse, which was a symbol, if you will, of peace, we find that after the white horse, the red horse came. And the red horse in verse 3 and verse 4, it represented war. Remember the last verse that I just read, that I just quoted you up here concerning the white horse? He went forth conquering and to conquer. He went forth triumphing over those that were in his way. So the red horse, it represents uh, the war that's going to happen over there during that time. The black horse, it represents in verse 5 and verse 6, it represents famine. It represents dearth. It, re it represents unemployment. It represents, listen, you're not going to get your social security check every month. You're not going to go down to Walmart and get you a loaf of bread and a package of bologna and a, 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 a wrapper of Kraft uh, cheese. Amen? Because when that time comes, uh, it's going to be famine in the land. Uh, and, and listen, people are absolutely going to kill to get something to eat. They're going to steal to provide for one another. And we find that the pale horse comes. It's the same rider, but we find the pale horse comes in verse 7 and verse 8. What is that pale horse preacher? The Bible says that death followed after him. Death and hell followed after him. Why was the pale horse? The pale horse, people were dying because there was no food. There was no food because the war came. And the war came because this guy came selling a pig in a boat. And some of you younger just might not know what that is. Amen. They bought it without knowing what was on the inside. You understand what I'm telling you tonight? We find in uh, verse 9 through 11, we find the fifth seal is open. I'm not, again, I'm not going to uh, try to, I'm trying, well, help me, Lord Jesus. We find the fifth seal, and we find that whenever that seal is open, we find the martyred saints. You say, what martyred saints? It's not the church. Amen. It's Amen. not the bride of Christ. I believe uh, that there are going to be some that obtain salvation here on the earth after the church is out of here. You say, preacher, I don't see how. Well, let's stop right here just a minute. 
I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just going to try to give you a little bit of scripture. And you look that up and you follow along with it if you want to. And you say, preacher, what do you mean? Because there's going to be a group of people who refuse the mark of the beast. Amen. I meant to say last night, Brother Bill and I were talking last night after the service. I intended to say the mark. Now listen to me carefully and do not take this statement out of context. The mark is not what sends you to hell. The mark is a representation that you have rejected the Lord, His teachings, and you have accepted the teaching and the religion of the Antichrist. Once you've accepted that, you receive the mark in your right hand or in your forehead. You cannot buy. You cannot sell. You cannot panhandle. You cannot pick it up. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? And we find that there's a group of people during that time that may, uh, uh, they may have strong willpower, I do not know, or maybe they have a, 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 a memory that whenever the church was here, I do not know the qualifications of this group of people, but I do know that there is a group of people that refuse the mark of the beast, that refuse to bow down to that image, that refuse to line up with his, with his agenda. Now let me just stop right here. Don't follow blindly. Don't follow what the preacher's saying blindly. You get the word of God and you follow what says the word of God. Amen. I might be telling you wrong. That's why you've got a copy. And if you don't have it, you see me after church and we'll get you a copy of the word of God, the Holy Bible. It's important for us to get in and become students of the word of God. The sixth seal is open. I've got 16 minutes left. The sixth seal. Y'all can see I'm only about, well, you just helped us, okay? <laughs> we see when the sixth seal is open, we see that utter destruction is on the face of the earth. We find that wrath of God is coming upon those that are left behind. Well, what do you mean, preacher, about the wrath of God? Do you recall what God said? Somebody find this scripture right here. Uh, Romans 12 and verse 19. I want somebody to read that for me tonight. Uh, read it loud. I'm going to have you. To, I'm going to call on you here in just a minute. Remember the scripture that God spoke there in the Old Testament. He said, "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord, "and I shall repay." You will not cheat God because God has the final say. Booney, did you find it? Romans not. Are you ain't looking? Stand up and read it for me, Booney. That's fine, buddy. I'm not picking on you. Romans 12 and 19. Read aloud, man. Very beloved, avenge not your wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Thank you, Ben. So we run around and we hide things maybe from the preacher. You can hide from me all you want to, <coughs> but you're not hiding from God. Amen. Amen. You steal, you, you steal, you take, you uh, cheat, you uh, maybe you don't do any of those things, and maybe you're just playing church. I don't have any idea. I treat, I try to treat everybody the same. I do not believe in clicks in the church. Amen. I do not believe in that foolishness. But what I do believe in is I believe in serving the Lord with a sincere heart. Amen. Amen. I think you're good, Jordan. I think you're hooked up, but I don't know that. But God knows it. You understand what I'm saying? Booty, I think you are what you say you are. But I don't know that. But God knows it. 
You understand what I'm saying? We find here that on the earth, we find the battle of Armageddon. And it happens in the valley of Jezreel. And in the valley of Jezreel, uh, I've heard all kinds of different uh, sizes, but some of the reading that I read from an uh, Israeli Jew this afternoon said that the valley of Jezreel was about 35 miles long by 20 miles roughly wide. You imagine how, I mean, that's, that's a whole lot of battle. Amen. P.D., you all went to Alaska, if I'm not mistaken, you took some pictures and you showed me a picture that just went across that valley, and it just looked like it was just a few hundred yards. How, how, how far was that? 25 miles. 25 miles. And I, I just stood in, in awe. I couldn't understand how that uh, I could see that far. Well, well, why are you telling us that, preacher? The warfare and the battle is going to be so bad that the blood is going to run through that, that, that valley, the depth of a horse's bridle. There has been many wars fought in this battle. There's going to be one war that's going to be fought that's absolutely going to be the war. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, oh, you'll find that, that battle of Armageddon. It starts right here in Revelation 16, verse 13 and 16. And I'm, just, I'm going to go ahead and loop in Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's a prophecy of the Old Testament pointing ahead to a great battle. You say, preacher, is that really where it is? I may be off on some chronological layout here. That's, that's fine, that's dandy. I'm okay to be wrong, okay? But the fact of the matter is, Ezekiel teaches that there's going to be a battle that Gog and Magog, that God is going to slide forward. He's going to put the hook in the jaw of the great bear. Who is that? And y'all know where your buddies. Well, what do you mean, preacher? God's going to draw those countries Gog and Magog, he's going to draw them down against Israel. And they're going to come, all these nations of the world. And I believe America, whatever's left of America after the church is out of here, I believe America is going to be in that bunch that turn their back on Israel. You say, preacher, I don't believe so. Hey, we've come close to it in the last 15 years. And I don't think it will take much to get America to turn against Israel. We find here on earth that utter chaos a warfare. You think World War One was bad? You think the uh, Jewish Holocaust was bad? You think, hey, listen, that's a Sunday school picnic compared to this battle that's going to take place. But while this is going on in earth, up here in heaven, we find the marriage of the Lamb. Who's the Lamb, preacher? The Lamb is the Lord Jesus Christ and the Bride of Christ. That's the church. We're getting married. Thank God with Tim. Well, preacher, why are you telling us that? Because there's going to... How many of you love to eat? Don't show me that. <laughs> I love to eat. Even when I get done eating... Still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about it. Sweet. I have a problem. We got a trunk drawer with an S on it. I love to eat. And in heaven, I've got good news for you. There's going to be a supper. Thank God they might be cat, uh, cat head buttermilk biscuits with some homemade churned butter. I don't have any idea what's going to be served. Uh, but thank God there's going to be some food. Amen. For a period of about seven years, while we're up there in glory, thank God we're going to be with the 
lamb himself. There's going to be a best man that's going to be present. Now, Lindsay, don't you shout it out. Lindsay's already, I called her a cheater this morning. Whenever she and I were texting, but she didn't cheat, she just used the resources that were available to her. Right, Lindsay? You got it. <laughs> All right. I, I gave you a little bit of homework last night, and I, I said that there's going to be, uh, the homework is there's going to be a best man uh, that's going to give the bride away. Anybody have an idea who that might be? Now, now, listen, this is a little bit of raw theology, but I'm going to use a little bit of scripture to back up the reason I feel this way, okay? Might be John the Baptist? Well, it might just be for John the Baptist. You and Lindsay have been sitting in the same pew. Preach the Bible, you say John the Baptist. Go with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 11. I'm going to read this to you. Don't take my word for it. You hear the scripture, you read the scripture, and you make up your own mind, okay? There may not be a best man in heaven, but understand tonight that we need to be students of the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Matthew 11 and verse 11. Verily I say unto you. 11, 11. Is that what I said? Yes. John the Baptist, the Bible teaches, Verily, verily, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking himself. Verily, verily, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. You say, preacher, that, that's your, uh, that can't be him. Well, I guarantee you, it can't be another man. Amen. <laughs> Jesus just gave his testimony Amen. that there's none greater. And John the Baptist, you say, preacher, that's Hogwarts. Well, you call it what you want to. We'll just move on, okay? Uh, the Bible teaches here in uh, Revelation 19 and 9, and he saith unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let's stop right there a minute. Who's going to be called to the marriage supper of the Lamb? It's not going to be the sinners. It's not going to be those that are still on earth. The only ones that are going to be called are the ones that are there in heaven. And the Bible teaches that they are blessed. Let's move on here. It looks like I've got about seven minutes left before we get ready to start awards. By the way, I'm not filling out certificates for the adult class, so you can get angry with the preacher. <laughs> After a wedding, what happens? A honeymoon. Ben's looking at me like a cat that little game. You say, preacher, I've never heard that said. I think every wedding deserves a good honeymoon. Oh, boy, y'all getting a little nervous on me. What, what are you saying, preacher? Revelation 19, verse 11, and it'll go down to verse 16, but I'm just going to read a little bit of it. We find the Bible teaches, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. This is not the same white horse long ago. This is the White horse. Amen. This is the one the Lord Jesus is on. And he that sat upon him was called, look at his name, faithful and true. Thank God that's a spouse we all ought to want. Amen. Amen. I appreciate all four of you. I was telling Dad last night about a preacher I heard this week that was preaching in a, a youth meeting. And he was preaching to, said there was a bunch of young teenage girls and a bunch of young teenage boys there. Said that he was preaching to the, uh, the young ones about picking the right mate. Being able to, he was preaching to them about getting married and spending their life together. And he's all for call. He said if some of you young women would like to have a good husband, 
You get up tonight, you come to the altar, and you ask the Lord to give you a good husband. He said there were several that moved that night, and after the service, the pastor said, Hey, I'd like to have a word with you. And he said, Yeah. And he thought, Boy, I was in trouble. He said, The pastor said, Can I talk to you over here in private? And he said, Yeah. He said, You know, whenever you said to them young women, if if they wanted the Lord to give them a good, uh, good husband for them to come to the altar. And he said, yes, sir. He said, we had seven married women get up to the altar. <laughs> y'all better be careful. <laughs> I mean, y'all just better be careful. Preacher, what are you saying? Would you find Lord help me to get back on track? I done stopped, Lord, and I got five minutes left. <laughs> we find the scripture says, Behold the white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. That's where I got off track, wasn't it? In righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. Where did he get them crowns? We talked the other night that you and I that are saved were earning crowns, were earning rewards, and when we get to heaven, thank God we'll be able to kneel at his feet, take off our crowns and cast them at his feet. Thank God he's coming back and he's wearing them crowns and had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And his clothes, he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon horses, clothed in white, or clothed in fine linen, fine linen, white and clean. And you can go on and read the rest of it if you want to, but you pay close attention here to Zechariah 7 or Zechariah 14. You go to the book of Matthew, go back a couple of books, and you'll find the book of Zechariah. I want you to go home, and I want you to read this chapter, because I believe it, it'll enlighten you a little bit. You go and you look at some geography, if you will. This scripture teaches that during this time, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, his feet stands on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, if you've got Jerusalem, uh, if you've got Jerusalem right here, X marks the spot. Then you've got north up here, south down here, west over here. You've got the Mediterranean Sea out here. And you've got the east. And you've got the, what's this body of water? The Dead Sea. There's nothing that can live in that Dead Sea. The salt content is so bad. We find here at the east, this ridge line is the Mount of Olives. According to this scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ stands on the Mount of Olives and the mountains, that ridge line, you know what they do? They cleave open. They open up. There's a great earthquake. Then the water that's out here in the Living Sea, in the Red Sea, where all the fish are, the all of that water is able to get into the Red Sea. So what Jesus did is he took what was dead and he made it alive again. Can I tell you tonight, that's exactly what he does for you and I. And thank God tonight every time we go to him and pray and repent. Hey, whenever we die, Brother Booney, and we touch things, we are tempted, he makes us alive again. Only Jesus can give me life. Thank God Almighty. We find tonight that after Jesus comes back, he's standing on the Mount of Olives. Then what happens over here? Oh, remember, on earth, there was a great battle going on. The Battle of Armageddon there in the Valley of Megadeth. Well, the Valley of Jezreel. And we find here in Revelation 19, verse 17 through 21, and chapter 20, verse 1 through 4, we find the Lord Jesus puts a stop 
Call the fighting. He puts a woman on all the armies of the world that Ajax can't take off. You understand tonight? I mean, he puts his mark on them and he destroys them. And we find, according to the word of God, here for a thousand year period of time, we find Isaiah 11, verse 6 through 8. We find that the wolf, the real wolf, will lay down with the lamb. The children will be able to play on the hole of the ass, which is a snake. They will be able to play. There will be peace upon the face of the earth for a thousand years. Preacher, why are you telling us this? After this, we find, and this is this is continued up here. We find, according to the scripture, we we find according to the word of God here in the book of uh, where I miss it right here, the book of Revelation chapter one verse four. We find according to the word of God again, he is bound during that thousand year period, and we find according to verse seven and eight up here at the conclusion of that thousand year period, according to the word of God, and that really ought to be down here after the sheep and the goat judgment, but we find that Satan is loosed for a season. Preacher, why would he be loosed? Hold on, let me hit the the sheep and the goats for just a minute. For that thousand year period, there are going to be men and women on the face of the earth that are having children. There are going to be people that are dying. There are going to be new people that are born over that thousand year period that have never been tempted. See, God tempted God allowed the devil to tempt Adam and Eve in the garden. He allows temptations to come to you and I. It's not God that's tempting, but it's the devil. He is the tempter, according to the word of God. And we find that there is the judgment of the sheep and the goat. Judgment. We find the scripture teaches, according to the word of God, that God would have us to pray for peace in Jerusalem. That Israel is still God's chosen people. And he separates the goat nations, Russia, (coughs) China, probably America at that time, those that do not support Israel, and he casts them into the lake of fire. Here's a scripture reference for it if you want to read it tonight. Here we find the great white throne judgment. After the devil is loose for a little while, he's rebound and he's cast into the lake of fire and we find the sinners. The Bible teaches that hell and death stand before the great white throne judgment. So the rich man in Luke 16 that died and went to hell, he's still in hell tonight. Amen. Anybody that died today without Jesus They're going to hell. But there's going to come a time that the Lord has death and hell to give up the dead which are in them. And they will stand before the great white throne judgment. He will pull out the books. Plural. He'll pull out the books of their works. He will pull out the Lamb's book of life. And if their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, what does he do? They're not able to get into the city. They are cast into the lake of fire. We find in Revelation 21 and verse 1 through verse 7, we find that a new heaven and a new earth. John said, Behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down from God out of heaven. I'm on overtime. I've got to, I'm overtime in two minutes. We find that there is in chapter 21 again, we find the presentation of the pride. 